This is Dr. Randolph Shippon with American Unity Radio. I am so happy that you're tuning into the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. It is time to start a conversation in the United States of America about being united. And I just passed by the wonderful dental staff of uh, Mountain Lakes Premier Dental, which is right next to my office in Mountain Lakes. And uh, by the way, just so you know, this is my dentist too. Uh, uh, The doctor, um, who is amazing at Mountain Lakes Premier Dental, is somebody who I respect very much and whose practice is the first practice to make me feel comfortable. Anyway, this isn't an advertisement. It's really not. It's just to say that I saw the manager wearing a purple mask, and I thought... We all need to have purple masks because we can't be red or blue in this country. Our sides, our sides have become so stupid. We have to become purple. And so that's what this podcast is about today. Today is the Purple People Podcast, and I am going to talk about this with every one of my guests on this podcast today, uh, and I hope that there are a lot of guests. So stay tuned. You're going to hear some music. You're going to hear some crazy ideas about actually being the United States of America instead of being the divided states of America. You might even hear me pick up a ukulele and sing at some point, or maybe not. Maybe somebody else will sing for me. I'll try to get the guests to sing for me on this episode. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I'm going to try. Okay. And stay tuned. I hope it's a lot of fun. We need to come up out of the depths of the thing that created this podcast and into the light of day, which is a new day for America. And I hope everybody in this country, everybody, everybody in this country can see the new day where we are more united than we are now and our political parties have less significance and our media has less significance. So let's create a new day. Let's sing a new song, as the psalmist once said. It's time to create a new America. Purple people, not red, not white, not blue, but purple. Libertyandjustice.com, AmericanUnityRadio.com. We are so happy to have you with us. Thanks for listening. So this is American Unity Radio with Dr. Randolph Shippon, and I'm here with my son, Leo. Leo, say hello. Hello. So, Leo, you asked to be on the show today. What did you want to say? Leo's six, by the way. What do you want to talk about? Why don't you tell me about what's been on your mind lately? What have you been building with Legos? What do you What do you want to What do you want to build? Well, I have I have been wanting to build for a long time, but I'm afraid I won't get it ever until like I'm ten or eleven or. Maybe even I'm a grown-up, the Lego Bugatti Chiron. Oh, really? The full-size one or the no, one? no, the the Technic. Um, the you should look that up. It's Technic. It's not the full-size one that actually drives. It's um, the one that. Why do you why do you like the Lego Bugatti Chiron? Because it's one of my favorite cars, dude. <laughs> okay. Well, I loved Legos when I was a kid, and you love them now. What do you like about Legos so much? I like that. Just they kind of just go together right away. It's just like all you have to really do is just put it on, put a brick on a brick, and then and then it's just it's so simple. So simple. So simple to take bricks of all different colors, right? All different shapes, all different sizes. Yep. And put them together and make something really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could do that with the country. We could get people with all different colors, all different shapes, all different sizes, and put them together and make really cool stuff out of people. What? 
Don't you think? Oh, no. Well, think about this country for a minute. Do you think this country is really cool? Do you like the United States of America? Yeah. Yeah. And don't you think it's made up of all different people, all different shapes, yeah. all different sizes? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think so, too. So, that's nice. And um, we're also here with Beanie the cat. Beanie, what do you want to say? You want to say that? Okay, okay. And do you like Legos, too? Yeah, you do? Okay. I like Legos, too. Yeah. Okay, all right. So all different shapes, all different sizes. Cats, people, dogs, everybody, right? All, all, the, all the creatures of the earth in the United States of America, right, Leo? Yep. Okay, tell everybody to have a great day. Have a great day. Have a great day, America. Yeah, you wanna say have a great day, Meanie? Yeah, okay, that's all you're gonna get. Okay, have a great day, America. This next segment on American Unity Radio is with one of my oldest friends. This is David Osenbach, who is a noted composer, composed our senior year musical along with Michael Schwartz, who wrote the libretto. And uh, then he went on to go to culinary school. Uh, he, he will tell you all about that. And now he is the sommelier and uh, administrator at uh, Providence L.A. Restaurant. So a very high-end place from what I understand and wonderful reviews and uh, truly artistic in their presentation of seafood and accompanying wine. So please enjoy this conversation with David Osenbach about what he's up to these days and... Uh, where the country is headed and what he'd like to see. Thank you so much for listening. Hello. Hello. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can it really be David Osenbach? It is, in the flesh. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. How many years has it even been since I've laid eyes on you as in person? Um, hmm. At least 25, no? I think, yeah, because when was Connie's retirement concert? Okay, so welcome to a new episode of American Unity Radio. On the line with me is one of my oldest friends. Uh, this is David Osenbach, who was, and, and correct me if what, I'm what, wrong, you were one of, your lo- one of the friends you've known the longest. I'm sure you have friends who are older. <clears throat> <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> okay. uh, um, yeah, yeah, I do have friends who are older than you. Okay. Um, I do believe that you are slightly older than me, aren't you? No, younger than No, me. I'm younger than you by... A month About and a, month. a couple days. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, David, will you please introduce yourself to the audience who is going to be, I'm guessing, a lot of cinnamons and people uh, because uh, you you have you have done many things since I've seen you. Nothing all that interesting, though. Just many, you know, many, okay. many okay. interesting things. So if you're on an elevator and you're yeah. giving your elevator speech, what would you say? What would you say to somebody? nothing (laughs) is the elevator plummeting to its you know eventual demise or are we going somewhere good yeah going somewhere really good where somebody could where somebody could where somebody could maybe want to take part in whatever it is you do in life so all right well let me give you the little the brief the, the the brief history since you last saw me i guess Okay. Okay. So yeah, as uh, my name is is David Osenbach, and and I am uh, 
from Cinnaminson, New Jersey. Um, after high school, I went to music school. I went to the Oberlin Conservatory of Music in Oberlin, Ohio, um, where I learned how to compose music and conduct music. Uh, at least that's what my diploma says. And while I was there, I also worked in restaurants because um, I also enjoyed uh, uh, cooking. Um, as, <laughs> as, as you the, very as, much did in high school. Huh? Yes, as the, the host the host of this podcast has been to many a, uh, a soiree. Soiree. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so did that while I was in college. And um, after I graduated, came back to Cinnaminson, uh, told my parents I wanted to go to cooking school. And they said, wow, if we were going to pay for you to go to college twice, we weren't going to pick music school and cooking school. But, okay. Um, so then I went to cooking school uh, in, uh, uh, outside of New York City, up in the Hudson Valley. And where, I did there. You, where did you go? Where did you uh, go? I went to the, to the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. Not the, well, not the spy one, but the cooking no, one. It, no, um, but but your, your school is potentially more dangerous from what I understand. <laughs> you know, you could... Could lot of, there are lots of knives and and and, and pots of and, and and snow. It did snow an awful lot there. I, oh I yes, I imagine. I imagine. So, so I was there for a bit, and then decided the weather in California sounded nice, so moved to Los Angeles. And that was in two thousand. That was in two thousand and one, because I was out here in LA looking for a job and an apartment, and was supposed to fly back on to new york on september 12th 2001 um and then because of things that happened i did not fly back on the 12th i was 9 11 a couple of days yeah and then uh and then managed to figure something out and then moved here and i've been here ever since wow 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 and so uh, you live in what part of California now? Uh, so I live in Los Angeles, technically. Um, it is a neighborhood called Highland Park. Uh, so it's a little kind of hipstery uh, spot between downtown L.A. and what's well, kind of between like Dodger Stadium and Pasadena, if everybody knows where that is. Nice. Sort of north downtown nice. a little bit. And what are you occupying your time with these days? Because you're calling me after work. Yeah, so it's interesting. So currently I work in a restaurant. Um, it is called Providence, just like the town in Rhode Island. Wonderful. Um, it is a very um, high-end uh, sort of tasting menu seafood restaurant here. Um, and I am in charge of the wine program. So after I left cooking school, I didn't actually get any jobs cooking, which is kind of funny. I did them all before I went to school. And then afterwards, I've done sort of things in the front of the house, managing and dealing with wine and all those things. So I run the so wine. You are, a, you are a sommelier. Yes, actually, I'm, I'm technically in charge. of. Yes, I, I, I am a sommelier, but I also do other administrative things. I don't just get to play around selling wine to people. I get to, you know, make wine lists and purchase things and worry about inventory and budgets and all those things. Um, I'm, uh, I'm wondering at the, um, so you were, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were in the gifted and talented program throughout school. You were, you were right there uh, in the project challenge program. And then you went on to, with Michael Schwartz, compose our senior play, uh, who did it? A musical comedy of airs, H-E-I-R-S. Yes, that is correct. And you typecast me as a lecherous old man. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. You you played it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. And I must say, at, it was at my... the age of 17, you were the best lecherous old man that I <laughs> could have hoped for. <laughs> But you are, um, and I, I hope you uh, just take this uh, as the compliment that it is. You were my first introduction in my life to musical genius. Oh. And uh, I, it, has, it has made a very deep impression ever since. And so one of the things that I'm wondering about is, um, are you doing things with music these days? Um, yeah, I am. I mean, I still play the piano. I have a piano here that's wedged in the corner of not, yes. not a lot of room but you know it's here and I do that and I have 
you know, I, friends who are in film school and doing all those things here that are like, Hey, I need this. Can you, can you write me a little thing here? Or can you do help me out with this? And, you know, so I'm just a little bit of that. So and you're composing. Yeah. A little bit. Marvelous. Nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, it's the, the thing that the hardest part and the thing that I actually, one thing that makes me miss it a lot is that I can't do it because the hardest thing about working in a restaurant is that you're working at nights. So it's not like, you know, people want to get together and rehearse or put on a production on a, you know, Monday morning at 10 o'clock when I free, you know, it's like, no, no, Friday, Saturday, let's do it, which is not. But anyway, now, um, so we, let's see, the restaurant closed on March 17th because the governor of California said restaurants had to close. So we were closed for a bit. Then we started just- Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom. Correct. And then we just started doing takeout for a bit because we could do that. And then we opened up for dinner service um we decided to pick the week that um our street was barricaded and the restaurant had to be boarded up because of uh protests going down in front of the restaurant so that was a bad week to decide to reopen now david did, and i have to interrupt you with the yeah, word yeah. barricade did you play the role of gavrash on the barricade i did not no I'm glad we're having this conversation. I think uh, things didn't turn out well for Gavrash. I did right? not. I Yes, I, <laughs> I did. The, the things didn't, you know, when you look at that musical, things didn't turn, there were very few people that things turned out well for. <laughs> Truly, we're talking about Les Miserables. <laughs> yeah, very few people. It was not, you know, I mean, the, the title is fitting. The title, the title actually, is fitting. Yes. It's fitting. Um, so, so you, so tell me about your your barricades. So there were barricades. Well, it was really just plywood in front of the restaurant, and we uh-huh. completely boarded up the wine cellar because the wine cellar has a lot of expensive things in it. We're like, you know, we just don't because we we we're on Melrose Avenue, which is you know kind of stretches from West Hollywood all the way to downtown almost, and uh, there were protests that pretty much the bulk of it stopped about maybe four or five blocks to the west of us but there were so restaurants tell me about your restaurant because we're going to have to definitely link to your restaurant on yes and you're all going to have... so oh yes, but but yes. not yet because we 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 had to go back to just doing takeout so now we're just doing takeout which is why i just came home because otherwise i would be at work until midnight tonight oh my gosh so what but is now i am in charge place? now instead of you know dealing with one i you know i sort of in charge of printing out labels and reheating instructions that you know that seems a little different from wine pairing it's a little different it's a little different i mean we are selling it's nice they opened everything up they're like no no you can sell wine and liquor to go so we're selling wine and cocktails along with our to-go menus that's that's fine too but it's you know it's it's different but yeah so the restaurant is called providence um it is uh it's been around actually it's our this year is our 15 year anniversary and i've been there for um let's see five of them the last five years um tasting menu format um uh you know pristine seafood um so it says providencela.com is that the one that i'm looking that is the one you're looking for okay that is it that is the robot i'm looking for okay i'm putting that on 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 the link uh it looks uh, fantastic from just a couple of seconds that I've been looking at the website. Truly, truly extraordinary. Uh, and uh, it is you. as a person who has training as a chef, I wonder if you have any input into this uh, unbelievable presentation. Um, you know, I, the input that I have it has to do with the, the beverage component of the menu. So uh-huh. they, you know, when we come up, when we change the menu around and do different things, which, you know, little, I mean, basically the menu gets reprinted every day because it's seafood. So things change here and there. And, you know, that this came in, this didn't come in. There was a storm off of Santa Barbara. So no sea urchin today and things like that. Um, <laughs> but as far as menu, like when the menu gets overhauled, you know, definitely it's a seasonal thing. And the kitchen will, will come and they'll be like, here, taste this. And, you know, I get to taste you know, five different versions of a dish. And it's like, so what are we going to pair with that? You know, what, what should we drink with that? So, and there are times right. where I can say like, you know, if you put a little more acid in this, then we, this would go with that. And then they're like, Oh, okay. And that, that's the extent of my, my creative contribution to that point. Wow. It sounds like an important one nonetheless, because 
profitable, I imagine. So, uh, but yeah, we we do yeah. well with those. We we like we like we 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 like people to come in and uh, to uh, partake in that portion. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, let me ask you a quick question. You know, you, we're talking about the restaurant, which is named uh, Providence. Correct. And, um, you mentioned Rhode Island, and I think about Providence, Rhode Island, as this little uh, this little sort of um, I, I almost want to say it's a haven away from the rest of the northern, uh, the northeast United States, in a way, because it sort of has its own culture. Have you been there? I have. I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very famous mansions on Providence, Rhode Island. I believe that the set for um, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh, uh, was uh, Cliff, I believe, is the name of the mansion. And that okay. was the set for the movie True Lies. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, when I think of Providence, I also think of uh, religious Providence, right? Doesn't that? Is, I mean, I think that's kind of what well, the town was named that. Yeah. Right? So I think that I think the, that the, I, that's the reason that definitely that's what the town was named for, and the reason why we named the restaurant that. So uh, Michael Shimarusti, who's the chef um, at uh, Providence, who's been you know chef and he's actually you, you should talk to him too. He's actually from New Jersey. Um, oh, grew up um, in uh, Hopewell Valley, I think, is where he grew up. Okay. Um, also went to the Culinary Institute of America. Also, then was out in California, and he's done a few different things. But so this is this is his baby, and he. Um, the reason why they named it Providence was both because of just what the word Providence, you know, entails. Yes. And also, they used to vacation up Which... in Rhode Island, so that brings Which... back. Oh, that's a so. new connection. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's, that's the name for the, that's where the connection of the restaurant name comes from. I like that. What does the word Providence mean to you, aside to, from the place where you uh, where you ply your trade? Well, it's hard to it's hard to disassociate it from this. It's like, hmm, what do I think of when I hear Providence? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, definitely it's the, you know, it's to provide being the root of it. It's kind of what, what, what yeah. the sea provides for us or what the, you know, the land provides or what, what the restaurant is a, you know, a form of hospitality provides to people who come in and, and, and enjoy what we do. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you may or may not know, but this, uh, this radio program is dedicated to a very nonpartisan view of the United States of America. And uh, because it seems that we have a, uh, a great divide in this country that is separating people from even being able to speak the same language or know the same facts. I was kind of wondering if, uh, You've seen political changes in this country, uh, even since you've been out in California, and as a as a businessman, uh, as an you know as a person who is uh, trying to provide people with a form of, I, I would just call it straight out culture, because it sounds like your your restaurant is really providing people with food culture. Um, what do you see as changing in the in in your clientele what do you see changing around the restaurant what do you see changing in this country over the past i don't know let's call it 25 years yeah well you know california is an interesting place because it's you know los angeles is the bulk of the population um los angeles county and it's overwhelmingly blue if we're going huh. to talk about it that way but then once yeah. you get not too far out of los angeles you're in you know there's 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 definitely red areas of California. Uh, I think the, the main thing that I've seen is just the, the polarization of that, you know, like the divide is getting bigger. Like the, the things that people can agree on are fewer and fewer and fewer, at least in their mind. I think there are plenty of things that people could and should agree on, but I, I think people are not agreeing on them just because they feel they shouldn't. You know what I mean? I I um I have this idea that that love and loyalty are tyranny. And I have this notion that we have been tyrannized by our loyalties um and that because we're with 
one team or the other team, we don't even speak on the same topics anymore. What do you right. what do you think about that? Well, we're, we we've been you know we've been programmed as we're we growing up that we should have that loyalty. You know, you should you know from from the beginning in school, it's like you're always on a team for something. Somebody's going to pick you to go on this team, or you're on this team. You know, whether it's a, we were not on too many teams, were we? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, we certainly didn't play football. Um, <laughs> and if we, we did, were the music kids, if we, we were the music we did, and drama kids, if we did, we wouldn't have played it very well. But you know, on the, you could be on the the spelling team or on the this. You know, there's always you're always. I think we're always conditioned to 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 pick sides at some point in time huh you know well you know who didn't think that was a good idea was george washington he hated that idea he thought that once we won the revolutionary war uh we should not have uh, political parties in this country it's an interesting idea that we seem to have all forgotten what do you think of it oh well i I don't i think it's excellent but i think at this point i I honestly don't know how that could happen well, we have more independents in the United States of America than we have Democrats or Republicans. Correct. So I'm wondering if people would just vote their conscience as opposed to uh, voting uh, party line, if, if we could do a whole bunch of a better job of voter education, uh, you know, give people options. Because honestly, it seems like most people are putting themselves uh, either in a category where they're loyal or in a category where they don't care. Sure, or a category where they're they're not necessarily loyal. I mean, you know, you see a lot of it's not necessarily I'm voting who for who I believe in. I'm voting because I hate the other guy. The least harmful option, yeah. or the either, lesser of two evils. Well, either that, or I'm specifically not voting for this person because I don't like them. So I'm going to vote for the other yes. person. So it's not even the lesser of two yes. evils. It's the I just don't like this person. So. We're yes. going to do whatever yes. it takes to not get them elected, which. Yes, yes, totally. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that um, uh, uh, your uh, past interest in all things royal uh, <laughs> has given you uh, an interest in, uh, in, in what's happening in the country right now? Do, does it look like we have some... Uh, some leadership uh, issues with respect to power? Oh, but I think we always do. Yeah. You know, I, I think I I, I, I I think the right in terms of both you know, what people's thoughts are as far as their political ideas versus their, you know, financial well-being versus their, or their perceived, you know, fear of the lack being or things you know there, there's so many things there that are kind of pushing people into different directions and and kind of yes. allowing the the uh you know i don't want to say the 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 monarchy to form but but you know to definitely see power being central you know attempting to be more centralized yes there there seems to be a rise of authoritarianism in the world don't you don't you see it i think so yeah which is funny because you yeah. know you you see that in the parties that are always championing for smaller government, but at the same time it's it's you know more it might the government might be smaller, but it definitely has more of an impact or more of a uh, position in your everyday life. Now tell me something: if I were to play you a song yeah. right now, okay, would you be able to recognize it? Well, it depends on what it is. <laughs> Okay, so hold on. I'm going to start. I have a ukulele right here. I just happen to have a ukulele. It's good. It's always all right. good to have one. They're, they're, they're small enough. You can take them with you wherever. That's right. So here we go. I'm just going to play part of a phrase and see if you recognize it, okay? Okay. Got it? Okay. know it yet no but it sounds familiar 
No, you don't know. I, 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 I will, I will shoot myself when I find out what it is because it, it, it is familiar. You could give me a little hint. Okay, it's from a game. Is it from the Bard's Tale? No. You're so close. I am. Well, then it's got to be from Ultima if it's not from the Bard's Tale. (laughs) Yes! You got it! But which one? It was written for Ultima 4 by David R. Watson. Okay. Who is the who is Eolo from Ultima 4, which is the first game that you introduced me to on the Apple IIc computer. Do you remember the Apple IIc? I do. I do. Yes, and you introduced me to the Ultima series of games which I have loved ever since. And uh, I have to tell you that when I figured that out on the ukulele, I reached out to uh, Iolo, to David R. Watson, and guess what? He told me that he composed it on a lute, which has the same uh, uh, second, uh, the same uh, lower string intervals as the ukulele. So I just wanted to share that with you, that you gave that song to me, and I carried it forward like 30 years into the future, 35 years, and I'm still playing it to these to this day because of you. But you embellished it too and gave it your own twist because in the original it was in some bad generated 8-bit <laughs> sound that you had to actually buy a complete extra you know, piece of hardware just to get the computer to actually play music and not have to just make buzzes out of the disc drive. So, you remember that, and I think it was a MIDI. Uh, it was a MIDI device it, of some kind. It was. Wasn't it, it was. Uh, well, it was actually. It wasn't an Apple II C. It was an Apple II Plus. Apple II Plus. Because the two right. C was yes. the little small one with the handle on. It was, you know, the the, 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 right. the precursor to the laptops of to, to the MacBook of today. Uh, but it was a two <laughs> plus, and you actually had to buy the card because it just made little buzzes out of the speaker unless the card and the card actually had the the sound synthesis chips on oh it that my actually make the music, but it was still very kind of, you know, primitive 8-bit sound coming out of there. Yes, no, yes. No, uh, oh, I wanted to share that with you, that you made that imprint on me. You made a bunch of imprints on me. Hopefully um, they were. Another... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, here, here I'm going to tell you the imprints that you've made on me. So, so another imprint that you made on me was your love of, or your, your familiarity with the Apple product line. And when I got into college, um, I learned how to take apart a Mac and put it back together again, which was why I got hired into IT after college. Uh-huh. Um, and the only reason I did that was because the student newspaper was too poor to be able to afford tech support, and the college wouldn't support us. So we had to learn the Macs. Uh, and, uh, and I always thought of you because yours was the first Macintosh computer I'd ever seen. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's, you know, talking about that and, and things you, you kind of like knowing how to do things like that, make you an invaluable asset to, to businesses that don't, that, that aren't IT based businesses. And, and it's always the joke in the restaurant business that if you know how to repair a refrigerator, then you're good as, you know, you can write your own ticket. <laughs> if, you can, if you can fix refrigerators, you're good to go. So it's the same kind of thing. It's like, if you can, you know. If you know how to unplug the thing and plug it back in and make everything work, everybody in the office is going to think you're a genius. It's... <laughs> well, let's talk about genius for a minute because uh, just and you don't have to you don't have to say anything. I'm not outing you as a genius, but I'm telling you that you absolutely were my first encounter with somebody as creative as you, and. Uh, I just, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to talk with you today because, uh, you know, whatever you're doing over there, I'm sure it's fantastic. And I'm so happy that I get the chance to reconnect with you. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very excited to text me about this. I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to, what, 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 what can I talk about? <laughs> I mean, I'm just... Well, look, the, the whole point of the program is to get people talking again. 
and uh, and uh, people who are all over the place uh, geographically, politically, economically, uh, in terms of their careers. And um, Cinnamonson actually gives us a neat microcosm of a hometown USA. Um, so I'm reaching into the past, people I find to be uh, interesting or willing to talk or just you know, doing something different than I do, which is like everybody. And so uh, I'm so happy that I got a chance to, to say hello to you and uh, to highlight uh, what you're doing over there. Is there anything that you would want to see for the country in terms of its development at this point? What would you want to see shift in this country? Huh. Well, how long do we have? <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think one, I, I, I think it would be nice for, hmm, I, I, I think, like you said, I think if people were more open to talking to people who they don't agree and they can leave yes. the conversation still not agreeing with them. The point is not yes. to change people's minds. The point is to just hear people out. Yes. And I think people are afraid to say, oh, I disagree with you, but I still respect you. Or I disagree with you, but I still like you. I think it's, I disagree with something about you, and therefore we are enemies. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. I think that what you have is a totalization of a person based on some form of, uh, of identification, whether it's their political identification, their race, their, you know, whatever they're doing in their lives, as far as, you know, their, their, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a way of discounting an entire human being because they're on the opposite side. Correct. And uh, I'd love to see us get past that, too. That's a nice thought. That's a nice thought. So so the idea is people can meet and talk and not have to hate each other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, the, the disagreement, you know, disagreement is OK and it doesn't automatically make you, you know, the enemy. Somebody, you know, who also co-wrote the uh, the student play uh, at the at our senior year. Uh, Michael Schwartz, he said to me uh, once, he said, I really think that we just need to get people together and just uh, put food in front of them and have them eat together. I, I think if you just put food in front of people and have them eat together, you'll do so much better than we're doing now in uh, in getting uh, people to get along. Oh, absolutely. I would I would add maybe a bottle of wine or two. Would, would be helpful to sort of to, to lubricate the conversation. Well done. Well done. But, wow, but one or two. To... We're not, we're not going to, because, you know, if there's too much, then, you know, fistfights could break out. <laughs> well, here's to many, many more bottles of wine and fine dining and civil conversations and people learning how to speak to each other and coming together around the important things, because I believe, and, and it sounds like you might believe this too, that uh, people have about 99% of the things they want in common. And it's the things that they're divided over that are highlighted by the media, just as a way to increase advertising revenue. And uh, it seems to me that, that we, we are more on the same side than on different sides in this country. Agreed. So I'm so I'm so glad that you you had time to talk uh, with me today, and I know that so many other people are going to be excited to hear you. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Well, thank you for inviting me. I thought that was that was a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again. If you, if you ever have any contributions to make to future programs, or you you have something that you want to talk about, that's what we're doing. We're getting this started. It's my two sisters and I getting this all started, and. Uh, we're just looking for a way to uh, find common conversations could, that people can unite around. I could be the the comedic the the the, the comic relief. I could like podcast bomb. Like you could be, you know, having some sort of very serious in depth discussion, and the next thing you know, I break in and start, you know, sing. Or I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I hope you still do sing because you sing so beautifully. And I just recently told Kim Kelly that your um, your 
performance of Fagan is the ultimate uh, uh, performance of the song reviewing the situation. It's the iconic performance in my mind. And you were in middle school when you did that performance. So that was in middle school. Yeah, that was uh, eighth grade. <laughs> so to my favorite Fagan, to my favorite composer, to my favorite uh, builder of things, uh, I just want to say thank you for being on the program. Well, excellent. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a great I'll night. be back anytime. Just let me know. If you, you if so you need much. space to fill, just be like, oh, just talk for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I love okay. it. Thank you so much, thank David. You, sir. Take care of yourself. Have a good night. All righty. Bye-bye. It's a new day. 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 It's a new day.
to stop saying anything at all. Then you're silenced forever. When you don't say what you want to say, then you will be silenced forever. If you don't say what you need to say, you're looking in a tunnel. And I'm trying to take you out of that tunnel. There's a whole world, there's a whole world around that tunnel. There's a whole world, there's a whole world around your tunnel. If you don't talk to people because you're prejudiced against them, then maybe, maybe you don't understand. My name is Rand. I think you need a hand so you can understand. It's time to start listening to each other and dropping your stupid sides. Get rid of your teams. Get rid of your sides. Get rid of your political parties. It's what Washington always said. After we won the Revolutionary War, we made our score. We didn't need sides. There isn't a need for sides anywhere in the world. There isn't a need for sides anywhere. There's only people who need to understand each other. Don't you want to understand each other? I think that you do. Drop your sides, drop your sides, drop your sides. Your sides are stupid. sides, drop your sides. I'm begging you to drop your sides because your sides are stupid. People aren't stupid, it's their sides, it's their sides. People aren't stupid, it's their sides, it's their sides. And I'm taking sides to take no sides. I'm taking sides to take no sides, that's the power of a paradox. It's everything the Eastern world already knows. You can't be something until you're something else. You can't be fair until you have no sides. inviting you along on a journey into no sides so it only requires you to have the truth and you can't be censored to have the truth dump your teams dump your parties dump your politics dump your baseball dump your football dump anything that gives you a side your side, dump your side, dump your side, dump your side, dump your side. You'll have a world that you'll enjoy. Children will enjoy it too if they see themselves as united in all things. But they have to be united in all things. They have to be united in all things. And to do that, take no sides but love the truth. This is Dr. Randolph Shippon with American Unity Radio. 
we are doing a second take of the closing of this program. I know it was such a short episode, but we're so grateful to have had David Osenbach on, and uh, we're so grateful that you listened to some of our music, and we're so grateful to have Leo on. Say hi, Leo. Hi. And say hi, Beanie the Cat. (coughs) Yeah, hi. So, um... We're so grateful that you joined us today. And uh, please, if you want to join this program, either to talk with us or to sing with us, go to AmericanUnityRadio.com, click into the podcast page, and there is a send us a message button on it. And you can send us a message. And we would love to hear what you have to say. We have received other written messages from people. We're going to include them on the program, but we have not yet... We have not yet had a singer on the program and we need to get singers and we need to get audio recordings of people saying what they want to say on American Unity Radio about bringing us together as a united country under justice using the principles of nonpartisanship and um, all of the good stuff that's in the First Amendment. Right, Leo? Yep. Okay. So uh, please uh, join us on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Wait, we're really closing the podcast? Yeah, we're really closing the podcast for just now. Just this episode, okay? Mm-hmm. So that we can put it up online, okay? All right. Is that okay with you, boss? You're okay with that? Yeah. Say, I give my final approval. I give my final approval. Excellent. Well, you heard it right there. Thanks, everybody.